Hi, this is Coach MJ. Welcome to the Mission on Possible show. Today we have America's top business coach. His name is Christopher Salem. He's the CEO of CRS Group Holdings. He has his own radio station, does his own podcasts, and he speaks across the country helping businesses everywhere to take their business to the next level and help them throughout the whole challenge of this entire landscape. And Christopher, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out to be on the show today. It's been a pleasure, Coach MJ. I'm so, so looking forward to being on your show. Well, uh, you actually, uh, we're going to kick the ball over to you because I'd seen something the other day which really inspired me to talk to you about this. And it brought me back to, you know, the various startups that I've been involved in. And it asked the question to people, are you in your business? Are you working for your business or you're working on your business? And I just thought you'd be the best person to be able to interpret that riddle. Yeah, I mean, so many times, you know, when people, when they're starting out, we have to be, we have to wear, have various roles, right? We're, we're, the, we're the CEO, we're the salesperson, we're the bookkeeper, we're, we're everything. We're the cook, the bottle washer, you, ne- you name it. And those are things that when you're first starting out, that's what we, you know, we have to do. But as you expand and you begin to grow your business, you start to bring in employees and or maybe you're working with certain uh, contractors uh, or people that are going to help build your business. There's going to come a point in time where you're going to have to begin to learn if you're going to take your business to the next level, how to work on it and not in it. Because if you get caught up in working in it, you're now caught up in the day to day of all the things that requires for the business to run and do things. But you're not leaving time to really be open for strategic opportunities to now work on it, things that can indirectly and directly help scale your business. You don't have resources, people, automation, and other systems that can help to do the things that are mundane, that are don't require you to be involved in a day-to-day, that you could be now working on the things that are actually going to help expand and grow your business to the levels you're looking to take it to. And perfect advice. I'm just thinking about Someone who's, you know, who's started their business and then they're right between that little point, you, that gap you just spoke about. They're right between, they're still doing all the things. They're playing the drums and the guitar and the organ and they're the roadie. They're doing everything. and But they're just not quite ready to bring that next person on, but they want to. And so they yes. just trapped. They feel like their business is an albatross around their neck. They feel like they're just really nowhere that no way they can grow because every time they go two steps forward, the responsibilities of the day to day life bring them back to where they want to be. What do you say to those kinds of people? Well, I would just say that again, you know, that it, it, business, everything that can happen in, in a business, you know, that there's always going to be something that comes up. There's always going to be a distraction. There's always going to be a change in something. There's always going to be a challenge, a problem and so on. But a great business owner and a great entrepreneur recognizes that we see that as blessing, that it's challenges as blessings disguised, you know, where we can learn and grow. There's opportunities in those challenges. The key is, is how do we learn to really focus on what's going to take us from point A to B to C, D and so on and not get caught up in the, in the other stuff that really is not going to move us forward in our business. I mean, the stuff, things that still have to get done. But if you're focusing on that, 
when something else could be doing that for you, you're going to miss out on the opportunities that are going to allow you to scale to that next level. You're just going to, you just, in essence, you, you, you're, you bought yourself a job, so to speak, instead of that you bought a business to have the business work for you, not you working for the business. And of course, I've seen uh, businesses, small business, up going up to medium-sized businesses where they might have had that ambition to grow or to scale their business, but for some reason, they didn't have the right skills or the characteristics that were required to bring in that team and to create that magical formula where they had that exec team powering their business forward, maybe because they lacked leadership skills, because they confuse themselves, well, I'm the boss, so I'm the leader, and I can tell you this is how you do it. And they've seen things fall apart because they didn't have that empathy and that that heart drive that it takes to work with people. Would you, had you found that to be the case in some situations? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, the, again, it, it, it just comes back down to it. You, you, If you are serious about taking your business to another level, there's going to be some point you're going to have to learn to delegate. You have to learn when to bring people in, whether if they are a W-2 or 1099, leveraging people's strengths to offset your weaknesses. And these are going to be the things that are going to be necessary to grow a business. And, in, and, in, and at some point down the road, you may have to exit the business. There could be unforeseen circumstances. You have to leave the business. Or you've gotten the business to a certain level where you have, you're at your highest valuation. Now's a great time to sell and exit. But if you are caught up in the day-to-day, you could be missing out on those opportunities. And, and it's the businesses that, that, that are at the highest valuation that get the most for what you put into it are the ones who work on it, not in it. Good point. Tell us, if we move on into uh, the whole sphere of entrepreneurship, do you think that there should be more of that taught in schools today across America? Oh, absolutely. I mean, these are things that are not taught. And, and it's not because maybe it could be, who knows? I'm not here to say it's by design. But nonetheless, I think it's just, a, you know, ignorance. Like people just don't they, don't, they never run a business. It's just like, you know, a government is not, you know, has never run a business. So how can they, you know, you know operate like a business when they, they're not a business? So with that being said, these are things that that are critical to teach, you know, and, and, and by being the example, like how you have this podcast here, you know, sharing this even with your children, you know, educating them, giving them an opportunity to tap into this information. It's never too late. And in this case, never too early. And I should say in this case, it's never too early to start sharing this information. So the earlier, the better, because now you give that that. A uh, young young child, or not say a child, but a young teenager, an opportunity to think for him or herself, and to know that that entrepreneurship is a process. It's a doesn't mean we have to know everything. Uh, we, as a matter of fact, we will never know everything. But just learning to you know start with where we're at and learn to grow from there. You know, some of us remember uh, when we had lemonade stands as kids, and of course, our parents probably put the stand together. We might have like been involved in putting some crayons on how much the lemonade would cost, you know, the five cents a cup, whatever that was. But we all, we never, probably none of us were involved in going out and sourcing the the lemonades, the, the lemons themselves, the raw resources. 
and doing the whole business. And yet, I think that'd be a great class to teach in school if they actually broke that down just to kind of give kids a little bit of a head start and to, to relate to um, how to understand business in a practical sense. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Chris, when you as a corporate trainer, do you do you feel that essential skills, which a lot of corporate trainers are challenged to share with companies today because those are the gaps in most of our educations, things like leadership, things like empathy, emotional intelligence, uh, critical thinking, um, all of those, uh, let's say, essential skills that you would share in a workshop uh, never hit the classroom. And there's this huge gap between what you really need to know in life versus what they prepare you for. So you bring in a lunchbox to your uh, corporation, to your first job as a whatever role you have, and inside is your algebra book from high school. I don't think so. You don't need that anymore. What you need are people skills. Am I right? Correct. I mean, people skills are it's something that is ongoing. It's not something you check a box or you graduate. People skills are always work in progress. Without developing your people and developing people to integrate and interdependently work with one another, you're always going to have issues. You're going to have problems. You're going to be managing problems. And some of the same typical problems you know, that you have where there's miscommunication, communication based on assumption and speculation, retention issues, absenteeism, lack of productivity, efficiency, lack of growth. All of these can be tied back to people. And, and if people, if you don't address the people at the, at the root level, then, then, you know, addressing all the other things that make a business efficient systems, processes, financials, technology, and, and, and that type of thing. Yes, those are all important, but if you don't have the people as the foundation where you've built upon that, all of those other things are not going to really matter as much. You, you it's finding the alignment with all those things around people. That's what's going to be the difference between an extraordinary business versus an ordinary one. And the type of workshops that you're doing these days, does it help uh, leaders to understand how important developing loyalty is and that loyalty is something that comes, first of all, with respect deposited by the leader to be able to get it back? Is that message getting through? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's it, you know, there are some organizations and people that are taking the lead to do a better job. But overall, it still needs a lot of work. I think, again, it comes down to just people being set in their ways or waiting for somebody else to do what they have to do. And, and knowing that this is an this is an individual effort, regardless of title, regardless of, of who does it first. You do it. You do it first, regardless of if your company told you to do it or not. You do it because it's something that's going to help you in every aspect of your life, every aspect of your career, and taking ownership of that, regardless of what hat or role you're wearing at that time. So personal and professional skills are vitally important in developing people. And, and if they're ongoing and constantly helping people to develop, this is what shifts the way we think the way we be to become and then do and have, how we communicate at a higher level, how we make better decisions, how we take calculated risks, how we can be more innovative and creative and, of course, follow through with massive action. It impacts so many different things that, again, distinguish an extraordinary versus an ordinary business. 
You know, that, that's an incredible thing you've just said. And you touched on the word innovation just for a small point. And the road to, to innovation would be, in my in my view, building trust within your team, giving them, making them feel secure enough to share, to open up, to have permission to fail so they can try something new so that they can be rewarded to innovate and have that spirit of innovation exist in an office. And that requires exemplary leadership, in my view. Correct. Absolutely. So today people are saying that one of the biggest holes in the boat of an organization is attrition. Companies spend a lot of money hiring people. In other words, they advertise, they get recruiters, they have an onboarding uh, process, a period of time to evaluate the new uh, onboard person into the organization. And then six months or a year, that person is out shopping, if not before, for a new opportunity somewhere else because they didn't get along with the leader, with the boss. Um, and a lot of organizations are not fixing that problem. They're just saying, well, that's the market. People are just not loyal and you just can't trust anybody these days. What could you, what, how could you help an organization come to that realization? Well, it, it's got to start, you know, when you tell them, you know, you can be directive, but telling them usually doesn't usually work because, uh, you know, you're going to have people that just see it their way. You know, they don't want to be told what to do. So it just starts with just constant, you know, awareness, just being aware, sharing. And 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 when people decide that, hey, we're, we're still where we're at, we haven't progressed forward like we thought we did, we're ready to be open to new ideas. It's that at that point that organizations are going to do what they have to do to learn to do things differently so they can start to achieve and have different and better results. So I, I think it's the awareness, it's sharing versus telling consistently, you know, as a, as a leader in your, your, your field to continuously be the example and be a resource to inspire people to eventually see, you know, be open to see things in a different way. I had the pleasure, uh, Chris, uh, meeting someone who worked for GE back when uh, Jack Welsh was running the show and or just right right on the verge of, of him leaving. And I asked him what it was like working there. And he, what he told me was, it's like coming to work and working for a brand new company every day because we reinvent ourselves every day. And yeah. I could just imagine what it must be like to work in a culture that fosters the celebrates leadership, celebrates innovation and builds this confidence and loyalty uh, that creates amazing products as a result. Correct. I mean, again, this is what the key, the key here is consistency and consistency is achieved through being disciplined, disciplined to get better at improving your communication, consistency in helping you to develop your level of confidence, consistency in helping you become a better decision maker, uh, having a daily routine that will help you to facilitate all this. All of these things are a personal responsibility, not that, oh, somebody will, if somebody else does it, maybe I'll do it. Everybody's always waiting for somebody else instead of just taking initiative to do it on their own, regardless of their title and role and duties. This is a personal decision. And so you don't have to look to your company for this. This is things that you could do on your own because they're going to improve your, your career. It's going to improve whatever you are in your career. 
It's going to prove you overall as a person. And these are the things that you could take and transfer to almost every, any opportunity that comes along your way. So definitely I can see the wisdom of having the personal, taking on the personal responsibility of yourself to improve yourself, to read new books and go to new classes and invest in yourself. That's a thousand percent, a hundred percent, thousand behind you there. And then of course you have the business leader. And if you could give the business leader a, a, a pill that would help him get one skill, what do you think, what, what would you suggest would be the ingredients or the effects of that pill? Well, it, it's the ability first to know how to communicate at a, at a higher level with yourself and then other people. And what I mean by that is a lot of people don't communicate in a healthy way to themselves. They, they communicate from their inner critic rather than their inner champion. And what they don't realize is that it impacts your communication, either being passive or aggressive or both, rather than assertive. Passive, pe passive communicators are yes people. They say yes to everything. They go out of their way to please and enable others. It's a codependent uh, behavior. And as a result of that, that keeps people stuck. And it, and it just keeps the people that are enabling them and pleasing them stuck because they're exhausted. They're frustrated. Then you have aggressive people that are have high expectations to, of themselves and other people. And when that goes unfulfilled, because they're tied to the control they can't control with the expectations, they can get frustrated. They can get angry. And again, that will impact their how they communicate to themselves and then eventually how they communicate to other people. It's connecting the dots. When we can learn to be assertive, where we're specific, clear, and concise with our communication as a sender-receiver, we, we can be honest with what we're good at, what we're not good at. We're transparent. When we can learn to be speak to ourselves from compassion and empathy, then that will display itself through our communication and behavior in an empathetic and kind way where we're being the example and being resourceful to help people not just pleasing and enabling them. That is interdependent. And that's what helps people to step up out of their comfort zone, to stretch more, to be to be and become more, and eventually do things different and have different results. They're not tied to the expectations to the outcome anymore. They're leading from intention to focus on what they can control, letting go of the expectation of what they can't control, and letting the results be a byproduct of what they can control only. That's a phenomenal uh, piece of wisdom you've shared with us today, Christopher Salem. Thank you very much for that. And I'd just like to ask, are there any projects? I know you're speaking all across the country these days because the pandemic is finished and now everything is open. These live events are happening. Um, what, uh, what, what's popular these days? What are people looking for? What are companies uh, uh, having a hunger for? We have revenge travel in the travel industry. What about in the L&D industry? Well, I mean, right now, just overall, I think companies are looking to, you know, it, you know, look for ways to develop, you know, and expand and get more out of their people. So, you know, are they still finding ways to find harmony in their work life? They call it work-life balance. I call it work-life harmony or alignment. They, you know, balance is perfection. You're not going to have a perfect balance. It's avoiding job burnout. So it's looking for ways to, you know, people to really be able to find that so they can be more productive and efficient. So things around that are really hot, you know, le learning how to lead from intention, how to be better communicators, developing thriving workplace cultures, bu building winning teams. All of those are things of interest to organizations right now. But again, 
it starts at the individual level, then the team level, then the organization level. And it, we're not waiting for someone to do, do it. You have to take initiative. So regardless of your title, you know, it, it's that you take the initiative to, you know, to do this on your own. People are always observing other people, whether if they know it or not subconsciously. So your example and resourcefulness will go a long way in impacting others in a positive way. I absolutely 100% agree. If you're sitting on a plane and you see the stewardess begin to panic and she starts to uh, move her hands really quick and look like she's something's really wrong, you don't exactly feel very comfortable there. And the same no. would be true in an organization where you've been told that everything's fine and good. And then you hear the executives in there screaming at each other and one of them slams the door and goes out and they have their own little mini theater there. And it goes back to what you said earlier, which is when leaders can learn how to have healthy, transparent conversations with themselves, self-evaluate, know what their strengths are, know what their weaknesses are, they'll be a lot more open to learn what's allowing, what kind of path they can have and how to step back and be honest with themselves so they can create a path for the future and bring in someone like yourself to be able to improve their organization and have it happen that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been a pleasure having you come over and speak with us today on the Real Mission I'm Possible show. I'm sure that we'll cross paths somewhere down the road. And until then, I will be putting in the links, letting our folks know how to get in touch with you from here on out. Thank you so much, Christopher Salem. We appreciate you being possible with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show. Thank you.